All right, we're live. What's going on? 44th installment of the Unplugged Alpha series. And i uh, got a couple things for you guys tonight, starting with temporary marriages and a really messed up ghosting that I wanted to share with you because there's some lessons in this one. All lessons, man. All lessons. That's what I like to try to give you guys. Where's, you know, where's a lesson in this? That's what I always ask myself when somebody e emails me stuff. So this was actually an email from a, a viewer. Um, you guys send me stuff all the time and uh, I, I appreciate it. A lot of it I don't get to. A lot of it I uh, just don't see a good fit. Uh, but there's some good stuff that pops in from time to time. This was an article that was sent by a fellow on temporary marriages making more sense than marriage for life. And believe it or not, there are actually... Um, tribes and um, native like uh, in indigenous peoples let's say where it's quite common to have temporary unions um, and that makes sense I guess for different reasons and I've said for a while dudes that um, you know the pro see <laughs> the thing with the whole marriage you know situation is it's the only contract that I'm aware of and you guys correct me if I'm wrong I mean you know the chat's open for you guys but it's the only contract that I can think of where the other party is rewarded richly for breaking it. And is in fact, not only rewarded richly, but is in many cases incentivized to break said contract. Um, in my book, I have a chapter on why smart men don't marry. If you haven't seen it yet, grab it on Amazon. It's on Kindle print and Audible. I narrated it myself. And um, there was a, uh, a segment, actually, let me see if I can grab it real quick and I'll read it to you. Uh, but there's a segment in there that I took right out of a discussion point with um, one of uh, my comments. Uh, where is it? Smart man, don't marry. I think it's in this chapter over here. Uh, there it is, 178. Man. I've gone through the uh, audiobook um, quite a few times now, and I need to fix a few things in it, but I haven't actually read the print copy yet, so it's kind of cool to go through these. Where is it in here? I know I copied it in. Oh, you know what? I might have put it in another chapter. It's going to take me a while, while to dig it up. But basically, what the, um, what the distilled version was was um, there was a woman that was having a conversation with a coworker, and she was married and they were comparing notes you know as women do they they often like to you know hey what's your life like barbara well becky let me tell you all about it sort of thing and um you know they were sort of sizing up what their uh financial lives were like so one's married they're both working and the other one is uh, single as a single mom and the single mom in the state that she was located in was actually earning more than the, the they actually created this hilarious uh, acronym, DINKS, double income, no kids, you know, was where it started. But then obviously, you know, people started getting divorced, um, you know, with kids. But they were comparing these notes and the, and the divorce lady with kids earning like exact same job, like. Both these ladies were doing the exact same job, so they were earning the same income. The divorce lady getting assistance from the government and from her ex was earning more than the married couple. So there's an actual incentive to leave a family union and break up the household, take the kids, have them the vast majority of the time, 
and you will be richly rewarded. You will be paid more at the end of the day is what um, was discovered. And I break down the details in a book, so you'd have to go through it. I'm sure some of you watching know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, that was a big eye-opener. And I've often said that, you know, things like marriage, because you get rewarded for breaking that contract, and in, in many cases, depending on where you live, you're incentivized to do so. And you're, in fact, and you're incentivized to do so in such a way that it actually harms the father of your kids um, pretty drastically, if we're being honest. Um, there's not a lot of guys that recover. Now, I had a conversation this afternoon with a bunch of guys in my group. And um, generally speaking, if, if, if you're well off to begin with and you're a smart guy, most guys after divorce end up with far more money once they like just cut, untie the knot, cut the ties and pay with, you know, pay their dues. They, they generally end up with far more money, uh, but not everybody can, you know, achieve that level of success. So it's not um, something everybody can achieve. Again, there's a lot of guys I know that, that, that like go right down the rabbit hole of I'm never dealing with women again. Uh, you know, I've learned my lesson, you know, hands are burned. And I'm, I'm in the camp where it's like, look, you know, like women are awesome they're fun but um i wouldn't recommend anybody to live in such a way that the state would view as a marriage so if you're going to do anything like that make sure you have a cohabitation agreement or some sort of legal contract governing yourself in case it has to untie which it you know generally does um so let me read you this article here on temporary marriages because i've often said that i think that um these sorts of things should be like a car lease you know you get together and you have maybe like a five-year lease. You know, this is like a Western thing, obviously. So, you know, when I say Western, I'm not talking like Western cowboy, but like a Western thing like in the West, where if you have to sign a contract, a marriage contract, it's something like a five-year lease. So if it doesn't work out at the end of the five years, you can just drop off the vehicle, no further obligations, as long as there's no dents in the door or anything like that. There's no scratches you have to deal with, or uh, what do they call it? Excessive wear and tear if you ever leased a vehicle. And then you just kind of move on to the next vehicle. So let me throw this up on a screen and we'll hop into this. Um, yeah, Jerry says, I think they're all temporary. And they all, all, they all are to some degree. Um, why is my bubble? There, that's what I'm looking for. That's the one that I like. Um, they are all, things always are temporary to some degree. You know, they always, they always say that it's, she's not yours. It's just your turn, right? Uh, so the, it's funny. They picked these two for the cover photo. <laughs> if there's one guy that shouldn't have not married this crazy chick, it's, it's definitely Brad Pitt. Uh, speaking of crazy, I've got a, um, I've got a ghosting after this, which, which is like biblical levels. Uh, and there's a lesson in it too. So we'll get to that next. Um, this is a little bit of an older one. It says temporary marriage makes more sense than a marriage for life. Most marriages end in resentment. And why should longevity be the sole marker of a successful marriage? So this isn't a very long article. It's actually pretty short. Uh, in November 1891, the British sexologist Havelock Ellis married the writer and lesbian Edith Lees. Uh, he was 32 and a virgin, and since he was impotent, they never consummated their union. After the honeymoon, the two lived separately in what he called an open marriage. The union lasted until Lees' death in 1916. Um, this is not what most would consider a model marriage, but perhaps because of its unusualness, Ellis was able to introduce the idea that remains as radical and tantalizing today as it was in his time, trial marriages, in which he envisioned couples exploring a temporary union of varying levels of commitment that allowed them to have sex, access, birth control, and have an easy divorce if desired, as long as no children were involved. That's where stuff gets complicated, right? 
Um, you know, for the most part, you can just untie the knot, give her half your stuff. Like if you've been married long, long enough, a prenup's not really going to work. I mean, uh, but generally speaking, if you don't have kids, she should stay, stay employed and not quit her job. Um, this is like a frame thing that we can talk about another time, but you get the point. Uh, children void. The idea captured the minds of many progressives, including the British philosopher Bertrand Russell and the Denver judge and social reformer Ben B. Lindsay, who embraced the new economic and cultural freedoms of the post-Victorian era. While Ellis gave this type of temporary marriage a name, others had been talking about similar unions years before, including the German poet Johann von Goethe, pronouncing that wrong, obviously, who entertained the idea of his elective affinities in 1809 and the American paleontologist Edie Cope, who wrote his book, The Marriage Problem, in 1888. He's, he's, in 1888, they're writing books about marriage problems. That, they like. Could you imagine taking this dude from 1888, put him in a time machine and bring him over here today and let him see what marriages look like today? Just just marinate on that for a second. And you know, he's written a book in 1888 called The Marriage Problem. I wonder what problems he was talking about at that time. Uh, that marriages should start with a five-year contract. Sure, five-year lease, same thing, right? Uh, that either spouse could end or renew with a further 10 to 15 year contract. And if all still went after that, a permanent contract. In 19, <laughs> 1888, they're, they're dealing with basically car leases in, in marriages back then. That's interesting. Uh, in 1966, the American anthropologist Margaret Mead suggested a two-step version of marriage, an individual commitment that would fit college students of limited means and could easily be dissolved or else converted into a parental commitment if they were ready and willing to take on the obligations of children. In 1971, the Maryland legislator Lena King Lee proposed a marriage contractual renewable bill so couples could annul or renew their marriage every three years. That's an interesting concept. In 20, or sorry, 2007, a German legislator proposed a seven-year contract. In 2010, a woman's group in the Philippines proposed a 10-year marital contract. That's interesting because Philippines is a very conventional religious country. Um, they don't generally believe in divorce, if I'm not mistaken, of the Filipinos that I know. And in 2011, Mexico City legislators suggested a reform to the civil code that would allow couples to decide on the length of the marital commitment with a minimum of two years. Well, it gives you a chance to, uh, you know, take it for a trial run, I guess, if, if that's what you're looking at. Anyway, clearly lifelong marriages was due for an overhaul, despite, I don't think marriages were lifelong from, only until recent history. There's a book by Stephanie Kuntz, A History of Marriage. I've mentioned it before, and I reference it in my book as well. And uh, marriage has never been about love or any of those things. It's always been about the acquisition of in-laws. And there was divorces for hundreds of years, or you know whatever you would have called them, hundreds of thousands of years, whether it's the idea of a, a divorce as it's known today, but unions would break up often. Um, and they would have to deal with the assets, the kids, and, and you know stuff like that. And more often than not, um, the father actually uh, maintained custody of the children, especially when they were a little bit older, um, 100% of the time. And a lot of these moms had to go back to their, you know, their family, or they ended up working in a brothel or something like that. Despite all the talk, however, no laws were ever passed, and the idea of renewable marriages remained just that, an idea. But temporary marriage, see, I don't think that this would ever become anything. And I'll tell you why. Because we live in a female first primary social order and everything in law and society is, is, is built around the notion that we have to protect, you know, women like men are disposable, men are the disposable sex, women are the protected sex. So the reason why we've got to where we are today, where we have uh, family legislation in almost all Western countries, 
that is not particularly friendly to, to uh, men or fathers, especially fathers more so than just men, um, is to protect the female first primary social order. Even though, you know, it shouldn't need any said protecting because, you know, women so strong and independent today, right? Anyway, um, but temporary marriages have been actually, actually been successful practice for centuries among Peruvian, oh, here we go, Peruvian Indians in the Andes in 15th century Indonesia and ancient Japan where the Islamic world and the Islamic world and elsewhere. And it appears that we might be ready to put them in practice again. All right, let's see what they want to say here. Uh, in a recent survey, many millennials indicated they'd be open to a beta marriage in which couples, I don't think that means like alpha or beta, it's like a trial, in which couples would commit to each other for a certain number of years. Two years seemed to be the right amount, after which they would renew, renegotiate or split, as Jessica Bennett wrote in Time Magazine last year. While it wasn't a scientific survey, it points to a willingness to see marriages as something other than until death, which in fact, it is not. In 2013, 40% of newlyweds had been married at least once before. <laughs> I can't believe people do this like two, three times around. It's, it's comical because when you look at the stats, first time marriage is 50% failure rate. Of the ones that stay together, uh, only 13% in total indicate that they're still in love. And 3%, I believe it is, indicate that they're still in a state of bliss. So the vast majority of those that stay married are unhappily married probably because they don't have better options or they're too gross or they don't have the money to split up or I don't know, they're too plugged in or whatever it happens to be. And then after that, if they go and get remarried, every time you get remarried after that, the percentage, the, the, the chances of a divorce increase dramatically. I think first time it's 50, second time is 70, third time is definitely more than 70. I think it's 80 something percent. But anyway, people are going back and forth. So 40% of newlyweds had never been married, or sorry, had been married at least once before, according to the U.S. think tank, the Pew Research Center. Since 10% of first marriages don't even make it past five years, 10% of firsts don't even make it past, well, I was not 10%. Uh, a renewal marriage contract makes more sense than ever. Our current contract until death might have worked when people didn't live all that long. According to American sociologist and author Stephanie Koontz, there she is, Great book, by the way. Uh, marriage of History is what the title of the book is. Uh, the average marriage in colonial times lasted under 12 years. Um, what was colonial times? Let me just uh, do a quick Google search on what era that was. Yeah, colonial times, colonial times. Prior to 1972? That's not that. Hang on. Early 17th century. During the 17th and 18th century. Okay, so that's what that was. Uh, temporary. Let's go back here to stream. Uh, till death, colonial times, under 12 years. So 12 years was a typical marriage length, but 300 years ago. Uh, or when many women died in childbirth, freeing men to marry multiple times, which they did, of course. Uh, and when men of means needed women to cook, clean, and caretake, and women needed men for financial security. Yeah, so this is an interesting point because this was a time, you know, when men of means, so if you had financial resources, you would often have, um, you know, your woman stay home, cook, clean, and caretake, You'd basically be a homemaker, which, you know, like interestingly is... Um, like the toxic feminists hate that. Like why do anything for the expression pressure of men when you don't need no man and you should just go out and get a career and a degree and don't have kids and sort of stuff like that. And that's why we've got a bit of a messy world today because of that notion. And in some cases, men of means even had multiple women 
uh, cook, clean, and caretake for the children in the household, while men pr provided financial security. Um, the interesting thing is, is women don't need no man today, but everything in family law is written in such a way that it ensures her financial security today still. So she has freedom, but still has the benefits of financial security from the dude. But that isn't why we marry nowadays. Still, we congratulate couples on their anniversaries and get nostalgic as the years add up, 15, 25, 50, 75 years, and as the years of wedding bliss, not always. Many long-term marriages are loveless and sexless. As I pointed out earlier, again, what was it? 13% uh, are in a state of where they still love each other, and uh, only 3% are in a state of bliss. And like the whole notion of a, of a wedding, of a marriage, is basically sold to people. I think younger people for sure, especially if they spend a lot of time watching Disney and all the crap that, um, you know, the plugged in media wanted you to believe in, um, was that you would be in a state of bliss. Just go get married. She'll love you forever. She'll enthusiastically want to jump your bones every day sort of thing. Uh, but the reality of that is it's not true. The most popular Google search for men today is uh, how do I get my wife here? Actually, let's go through that exercise because I shared this earlier uh, a week or so ago. Uh, how do I get my wife? Oh, here, let me put it up on the screen for you and the stream. Let's go a little bit bigger for you. How do I get my wife? Okay, so these are the recommended um, solutions to this search. How do I get my wife to fall in love with me again? How do I get my wife to love me again? How do I get my wife to lose weight? How do I get my wife to be more adventurously sexually? How do I get my wife to trust me? How do I get my wife back? <laughs> Forgive me, respect me on the house deed. The main ones seem to, here, let's put two after wife, two. To fall in love with me again, to lose weight, to be more adventurous sexually, to trust me, forgive me, respect me, stop snoring. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they don't seem to be particularly aligned with um, the notion of what, you know, we're sold, you know, for marriage, right? Anyway, but that isn't why we marry nowadays. Uh, wedding bliss, not always. Many long-term marriages are loveless and sexless. Yeah, okay. Well, we can see by the Google searches uh, what <laughs> what dudes are looking for. I wonder what women search for. Let me just, uh, how do I get my husband? Yeah, let's reverse that. How do I get my uh, oh, hang on. How do I get my husband to? And let's add the stream. Oh, hang on. So how do I get my husband? Hang on, not to love me again. Let's just put two. How do I get my husband to love me again? Talk about his feelings. Don't, don't fo follow any of that. Talk about his feelings, love language bullshit, guys. How do I get my husband to move out? How do I get my husband to help around the house, to pay attention to me? As we know, you know, for women, attention is the coin of the realm for them. That's what they're interested in. How do I get my husband to leave? How do I get that, my husband to leave my house? I don't know. But for the most part, whenever I talk to couples, it always seems like the dude is paying, that, paying for the house. So here we have, how do I get my husband to leave my house? Anyway, how do I get my husband to exercise, fall in love with me again? There's not a lot of, you know... Um, indications there that there's warm fuzziness uh, and it's 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 tied in the same problems guy had you know dudes have um and sometimes full of anger and resentment but if they make it until a spouse dies success anyway this is almost over uh, longevity alone shouldn't be the marker of a happy healthy marriage rather than staying in marriages until death renewable marriages should allow partners to tweak their marriage contract accordingly 
or agree could you imagine like after three years you're like ah, you know what i think we want to you know tweak this arrangement because um i'm not getting hummers anymore and she's put on a little bit too much weight you know and then she comes at you with uh oh he needs to pay for this or he needs to do more of this around the house or something like that you know then you're getting down to the point of negotiating desire which only leads to resentment down the road turns into a tra train wreck um tweak their marital contracts or agree that it's beyond tweaking and end it without a shock or drama of a contentious divorce or lingering doubts about what went wrong and as the late Nobel prize winning economist gary s becker noted if every couple had to personalize their marital contract based on what they consider important there would be no more societal stigma of judgment over what is essentially private decisions if society is truly concerned about the client in marriage perhaps it's time to rethink until death i don't it's not to rethink see I'll tell you what the solution is here, guys. It's not to rethink until death or, you know, putting in terms. That would just give a guy an out in case things go sideways, in case, you know, she blimps up and, you know, packs on maximum density, um, in case she turns into a psychopath and you can't untie the knot unless you go through all the, you know, you got to jump through all the hoops to make that sort of thing happen. Like it would have some benefit to men, you know, generally speaking. But honestly, if you want to see an increase or an incline in marriages, have women, you know, return to more feminine roles, men, you know, return to more masculine roles, stop trying to feminize men, stop trying to masculinize women, uh, men lead, men have authority in the household. That's another big part too, is to, like for hundreds of, well, since the dawn of time, basically, when men and women were getting together and, you know, having kids and, and forming families and doing all this stuff was men were always at the head of the household. They always had the authority. They had responsibility to the family to protect, provide, feed, you know, fight off the saber-toothed tigers and all that stuff. But along with those responsibilities came the authority to make decisions and to make calls. Today, men don't have authority anymore. So you want to see an improvement in marriage rates and, uh, you know, like anything that ties into that. Stop the pussification of the West is what it boils down to. But nobody wants to hear that. It's like, oh, that's misogyny. That's you know, you're just you just want to go back in a time machine. I don't care. You know, you could do whatever you want. It doesn't. It really doesn't affect me because I've structured my life in such a way that I avoid these nightmares. And you know, you can too. I mean, I talk a lot about that in my book, obviously, and a lot of these other podcast episodes. But you get the point. Anyway, uh, blah, 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 and grooms to be truly want to be happy, then it's time for them to take responsibility for defining their goals and expectations in a renewable contract and stating out loud on paper, I choose you again as often as they mean it. How about, how about all the ladies get together and take off their pink pussy hats and go down to par uh, Parliament Hill and uh, start marching on bureaucrats and policymakers and letting them know that uh, the guys that they love, that they want to be with, that they want to have their babies are not marrying them because of hostile family laws. And to at least, you know, at least start with making family law more balanced. Uh, looks like Vicki Larson is the author of this one. Anyway, um, let's see what we got here in the chat with the super chats and stuff. See you guys are busy there uh, chopping up a storm. Zach says, hey, Rich, on a TUA playlist, you forgot to add number 37. Almost missed it. Just want to let you know for max views. Thanks. Yeah, I think I might have had to either relabel one or maybe there was one I had to update. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I'll, but I'll have a look. Number 37. Um, uh, Chris Mom off's in the chat with Jaren. So Sam says, hey, Rich, do you think solo weddings will become mainstream? They're already pretty mainstream right now. So um, let me show you what Sam's talking about here. Um, 
Let me just pull up an article because I'm sure one will come up. Uh, a woman marries herself. I don't see guys doing this. I only see women do this. Like this is how narcissistic they are. Um, add to stream. And this is actually a hilarious title. Look at this chick. She's got the tats, the the tailor-made titties right off the shelf with the tan line coming out the top and everything with the flowers. So it says, Model Chris... I'll close this. It says, Model Chris married herself back in September of this year. Woman who married herself is now divorcing herself after meeting someone else. <laughs> oh, could you... like? <laughs> Imagine marrying yourself, taking pictures like this of your of your solo wedding, and then and then divorcing yourself because you're not happy with yourself because you found someone else. Anyway, I'm not going to read that article. You guys can pull up stuff like that and dig it up. But there's loads of examples of um, women marrying themselves. Let me see if there's any of men marrying themselves. I don't think that exists. Um, let's see here. Just replace woman with man. Let's see what comes up. Uh, no, actually, it does happen. Man marries himself after fiance breaks up with him. Uh, Brazilian marry Brazilian man marries himself after fiance breaks off. Man marries himself after fiance breaks. Oh, this is all the same guy. Now it's not as common as women. When you do the women the woman search, there's way more uh, that show up. But yeah, it looks like some of these beta-ass dudes do it too. Uh, Kingsley says, uh, in the UK, it is seen weird being like me as a 27-year-old man with investments and a lot of people seem it. Uh, to a lot of people, it seems absurd to not want the, that normal life. Well, it's not a normal life anymore. It's, um, you know, for most guys, as you can tell by the Google search recommendations, it's a life of sexlessness, uh, being annoying, you know, being annoyed. Uh, frustration and it's not just him too I mean like she's frustrated too with a lot of stuff and it's just the way that society has constructed uh, unions today it, it, it makes it very very difficult and there's no quick and easy solution like I see a lot of tradcon guys out there that are like preaching well join this church or join that church or this religion's better than that religion or our culture's better than that you know we solve all these problems and I haven't seen you know much in the way of big time solutions with all that if I'm being honest I think the closest I've seen is probably Islam I think Islam probably um, has the best modern day solution that's that's probably working right now um, but yeah um, you still get a little bit of a side eye as Kingsley mentioned from family and friends as you get older and you don't uh, you know settle down and commit to a, a chick so if you're out there enjoying yourself it's almost you know, I've often said, you know, it's almost like, you know, misery wants uh, company. And, you know, you see all these miserable uh, couples and, you know, marriages. And it's like, well, you should go do the same thing too. Get married, right? Um, you know, because they want somebody else to like, you know, hang out with and be part of that uh, narrative. Anyway, um, I wanted to do one more thing before I take some uh, Q&A call-ins, which I will do. Um, there is a very interesting ghosting I came across last week, which I can... Uh, play. I got to throw in a headphone here so I can listen along with you guys. But uh, let's pull this up here. All right. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think in the chat? Let's let's throw a quick little poll here. Uh, how do I do the pop out manager? No, there we go. There's a poll. Uh, are term marriages the solution? Let's see what you guys have to do. I mean, you're probably gonna. 
add option ask your community all right so there you go um and can i pin that up at the top um come on youtube cooperate anyway it's up there um so just take that poll real quick okay so let's go to my ghosting for this week which is you're gonna see crazy you know we talk about crazy from time to time we got some crazy here for you fellas uh, okay so let's remove this and I gotta share with audio chrome tab boom tab audio okay oh okay so let's get some volume here and speed it up so we don't have to take the whole six minutes and here we go guys this is a there'll be a lesson in this one you ready let's do this and if you can't hear, just let me know in the chat, but I believe it should be working. The time you said you would. I have a busy day today, so I have to stay on schedule. Yeah, well, Excellent. that's because we have a very organized producer, because uh, the three of us are definitely not that organized. Uh, two of you guys aren't. <laughs> uh, so, so let's talk about, uh, so we're not interfering with your busy schedule. Let's talk about uh, this guy, Noah. How did you guys meet? What's the deal? Um, uh, so uh, we kind of met online at one of the dating apps, um, but we've been going up a bit, and uh now he won't get back to me. And his name's Noah. It's been seven days, today being the eighth. And at this point, I have to assume that he's trying to ghost me, and I just want to know why. Okay. Okay. And, and is there any, there, I'm assu I mean, yeah, a week, that's a, definitely a ghosting. Mm -hmm. um, did you guys get to fight or anything? Like, was there anything that went wrong? Any weird vibes? Yeah. No, like, we just got back from a trip to New York City, which quickly. Oh. The, I, okay, so that was the day. Since we got back from New York City, um, he has stopped responding to me. Okay, so something clearly happened in New York. Maybe yeah, he didn't like, travel. He was supposed to call me. He was supposed to call me at 8.30 in the morning the following day to reflect on the trip, and then that call never came. I love a good recap call. No, it's a reflection. So you notice she's saying he was supposed to call me at 8.30 in the morning to reflect on that trip, and the call never came. She also mentioned, I don't know if you guys caught it at the start, but she's like, oh, I'm so glad you guys called me at the scheduled time because I have a busy day today. Listen to this dude when he feeds back. Okay, so, <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We're going to call Noah next and have you listening on the phone. Do you think he can stay quiet for us? Yes. Awesome. And, and people wonder why hey, dudes don't want to get married and, today. And if, if you're not familiar with ghosted, it's when people have other people disappear yeah. on them. And then they call us. And then we have to make the call to see why. And Amelia, that's you with this guy Noah. And the crazy thing is you guys just back got back from New York on a trip, and he hasn't called you since. Exactly. Okay. Now, it's been how many days? This is day number eight. Day number eight. Is he and okay? He missed an appointment. He <laughs> had an appointed yeah. call. What, was the, what were you guys going to talk about? But we were going to talk about our trip to New York. We had such a good time. We did like everything that I had on the itinerary. Uh, everything was going great. And now I haven't heard from them. Everything that she had on the itinerary. Just pointing that out. Just just pay attention here. Okay. All right. And there's no fights, no disagreements. Mm -hmm. No awkwardness, no, no tension. I we had a good time. Because okay. all signs point to something happening on that trip. Yeah, <laughs> it does say. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. Well, why don't we just do this? We're going to call him. You're going to be laying on the phone. You got to be silent. But here's the thing. Sometimes the answers can be pretty damn harsh. Are you sure you want to hear what he has to say? Okay. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I, I, yeah. How we sure can you, you be? Yeah. All right. So let's give Noah a call. Hello. Hi there. Looking for Noah. Uh, this is him. Who is this? Noah, it's Adam Wilde, TJ, and Jax from 99.9 Good uh, Virgin Radio. Good morning. Hi. Oh, hey. What's up, Virgin Radio? How's it going, man? Things good? Yeah, yeah pretty good. How are you? Good. good. How was New York? Uh, it, it was. It was good. Okay. Just yeah, a, uh. You know, just just wondering why, why why you haven't reached out to Amelia since you guys went to New York together. You can see how that would be weird that you would go on a trip with somebody 
and then never talk to them again. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I realized something about Amelia, and I think I saw it coming, but wasn't super sure. Do you want to tell us what that was? A discovery. Uh, yeah. She's a control freak, right? Like, my life was basically turning into one big schedule, and, you know, I just couldn't handle it. Uh, it was kind of cute when we first started dating. She would, you know, plan everything out and write it all down, which, you know, it made things refreshing because I didn't have to worry about coming up with stuff. But, you know, she carries around this little grid with a pen and crosses off every activity we do once we're done. And, you know, while while it was, like, cute and endearing at first, yeah. it kind of started to get old. And when we came back from New York, man, like, if, if one thing was out of schedule while we were there, even by minutes, she was not happy. It's bossy. Can you give us an example? Uh, well, we, we were having dinner, and uh, she just went off on a waiter for taking uh, just a few extra minutes to bring uh -huh. out her food. She was super nervous. No, we no, want to no. be late for this Broadway show that we had plenty of time for. Or like when I suggested, you know, adding an extra 15 minutes for sleep than what she had penciled in, she just absolutely lost her shit. Okay. Which told me, you know, pretty early on, if we were all scheduled at any point, this trip would be a nightmare. So, you know, I just sucked it up until I got home. It doesn't sound like fun. Am I the only one who loves an itinerary? Like uh, that hard? I dated a girl that was very, very type A, and it was it was awesome. I she, loved it. Down to like sleep schedule. Yep. Listen, I think it's I think it's only fair. Tell me what to do. No, I just want to say, tell me what to do. Okay, I love it. TJ likes to be bossed around. Yeah. Um, I think it's only fair. TJ is a big ass. Yeah. guys think? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, no, Amelia has been listening the entire time. She's on the line. Oh, great. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Amelia. What's your rebuttal to this, this? If out. there is one. Uh, good morning, Noah. Uh, nice to know that you still exist. So you're upset that I'm organized? Hi, Amelia. Uh, I'm sorry, but the whole world cannot revolve around your stupid grid, right? Like you scheduling our breakup call. Uh, was when I had to end it. So when we got back, I, I told her, hey, I'll call you when I get home. And then she pulls out her schedule like, I don't have that in the schedule. You can call tomorrow at 8.30 in the morning. No, uh, that's uh, And that's when I was just like, not done. <laughs> well, I did not see this coming. Uh, uh, are you writing? What are you writing? Yeah, what are you putting? Uh, she's writing a new grid. That's exactly what she's doing, which is something I would okay, love to okay. just take and shred the pieces. Everybody has their thing. Everybody okay, has yeah. their thing. So I'm gonna... uh, but my, my grid in my life no longer reference you. Virgin, the time I allotted for this call has gone past five minutes, so I have to go now. Oh, but okay. Thank like... you for your efforts. All right. Okay, well, thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you both. The time that I allotted for this call is done now, so I have to go, she says. Captain Organized. Holy smokes. You ever dated a chick like that? You like, why would you even take a trip with her? I guess he, I guess he didn't have anything else better going on. So he was like, yeah, let's do this trip. Oh man. All right. Let's, uh, let's see here. No, remove. And that's the Virgin radio. Close that. And, oh, you guys want to see something interesting here? Um, I, so I started this YouTube channel May 23rd, 2014. That was about eight years ago today. And um, let's see here. Here's, here's my very first video. Let me share this up on the screen. So, um, boom. So this is, this is the very first one, my buddy Brad. And it's 2011 Dodge Ram. And we're driving back after doing some mountain biking from a men's retreat. Look at the color of my beard in that picture. Look how much I've aged for you guys, delivering all this information. Uh, what's it been? 125 million views, um, over 1,200 videos, 190 countries have watched this. And um, yeah, I'm not stopping anytime soon. So I think, 
I think by the time I'm done with YouTube, my entire beard will be entirely gray. As you see, it's it's uh, it's accelerated nicely there. But uh, yeah, happy eighth year anniversary to the uh, channel, by the way, guys. Uh, all right, so let's do this. Um, let's get the, uh, here we go, invite link, copy and drop that in the live chat and get you guys to come on in and ask your questions. So open Q&A, ask me anything. And it looks like you guys in the poll up there Term marriage solutions. No. Yep. I agree. Ask me anything. Okay. So here's the link. It's a StreamYard link. Make sure you hop on. Um, where did it go? Oh, come on for crying out loud. Come on. Invite. Copy. Let's try this again. Open. <laughs> Ask me anything. Okay. Here you go. Let's try this link again. Boom. Okay, let me pin that up to the top and you guys can uh, get yourself queued up. Um, and while you're getting queued up to come on in and ask questions, let me just run this quick ad reel for two minutes and then we'll uh, get to the Q&A. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplement Line, Grandike Soap Company, and Chad's Face Scrub. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplement line. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients, and unlike cheap supplements from China and plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine-disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is an easily digested bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by their various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or just use coupon code ALPHA10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Men, I use Tactical Soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine-lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Gentlemen, my go-to face scrub to keep this manly face clean and clear is Chad's. Again, it's incredibly important to me to only use products with all natural ingredients without nasty chemicals that disrupt male hormone levels or convert to estrogen in your body. And unlike watery scrubs that slip between your fingers, this thick face scrub with black lava sand gives you powerful results in one go. Visit getchads.com and you'll be redirected to the Amazon store you'll get 10% off when you use coupon code GETCHADS10. You can find all the links I've just mentioned pinned below in the top YouTube comment. If you want to learn more about why I endorse these natural products to my audience, search on my YouTube channel for an episode I did with Dr. Anthony J titled, Playing to Win Number 21, How Estrogenics Make You Fat, Sick, and Infertile with Dr. Anthony J. Let's get on with the show. All right, 
and we're back. Thanks for checking that out. Again, if you guys have enjoyed the uh, the podcast and stuff I'm doing on my channel, supplements are just over my shoulder. We're actually adding a sleep supplement. Um, I know the image has been updated to the uh, website today, but the um, the label and everything still has to get cleaned up, and the uh, shelves need to get stocked for it. But that'll be available hopefully in the next week or two. Um, so I'll have you have some updates for you on that. It's an awesome sleep supplement. It really helps. Uh, Kingsley's got another super here. He says, I agree with you that Islam has it right. I think that Western society is collapsing. I'm interested in your opinion. There's really not much else to say. I mean, like, you know, what can you... <laughs> I don't see very many people that get it right when it comes to, uh, you know, raising good families, um, you know, putting the kids first. Um, just, just overall... Like, you know, I hate to like, I hate to sound like my dad, but it's like, you know, times were better. And, um, I, I don't know, like it, it just seems like the older you get, the more you hear from, you know, your elders, uh, that times were better and they didn't have to deal with certain things. They didn't have certain luxuries like we have today, like electric cars you can charge in your house and mobile phones. You can call for help pretty much anywhere, as long as you have access to a tower, obviously, but, um, yeah, I mean, as far as it goes, uh, I don't see any other culture that seems to have it perfectly right. And I've looked around, I, like, guys, like, I pay a lot of attention to history. I'm a big military guy. You know, I've, I've spent hundreds of hours reading books and watching documentaries um, and all these things. And it, it, it just seems like Islam is the only place that really has it sort of, you know, sorted out right. I don't live it. I have some friends that do, but they seem to have figured out, you know, most of the crap. And there's, you know, there's roles, right? A buddy of mine, Pete, he says, you know, there's like pink jobs and there's blue jobs. And he goes around my house. I do the blue jobs. She does the pink jobs sort of thing. So there's, so there's some, you know, small pockets where, where it can tend to work, but it is what it is, right? Um, Let's see what we got here. So we got a few people in the waiting area. Again, guys, if you want to ask a question, just pinned at the top there. It says open Q&A. Ask me anything with the StreamYard link. You can hop in and bring your questions. Uh, Zach is... Uh, let me put Zach in here first and see what he's got for us. What do you got for us, buddy? Yeah, hi. Uh, so thank you for your content, all that, blah, blah, blah. I have to go to, into work real fast. I'll be fast about this. Okay. So given the fact that you're saying that relationships should probably be temporary or on average they're going to be temporary how allowed should you even allow how attached to a woman should you allow yourself to become in your opinion okay well there's a few different things there so i didn't say that i think you know relationships should be temporary it's just an observation that they generally are temporary right so you know it's why you hear a lot of these guys say that you know she's not yours it's just your turn sort of thing so haven't haven't taken that into consideration human beings are not lifelong monogamous pair bonders we're just not um even even in you know historical parts where 100 years ago there was no so social media and it was socially enforced to be you know like husband and wife till death do us part they still went outside of the marriage right like you know men right. would cheat women would be you know would betray and you know all those things still existed back then there was just no things like Instagram and social media to amplify it or dating apps to make it easier. So there's that part of it. So you're, the last part of your question is how should you handle that? Yeah, like just given the fact that the majority of relationships are going to be temporary, mm -hmm. how attached 
as a man do you think you should allow yourself to become no woman because obviously you can't be completely yeah disattached from her but you also can't become like a simp that's like what has one itis yeah got it got it and you know for the most part younger guys don't have the fortitude to deal with that Mm yep it's it's mostly younger guys that really struggle with that and it's like you know they have the one-itis they have the soulmate myth they you know they see a hot girl and you know she touches his pee-pee and she's a unicorn sort of thing and you know he wants mm-hmm. to marry her and date her and you know make her his girlfriend within like the first two dates sort of stuff um you just have to you just have to understand you know relationships for what they are which is a lot of the stuff that i talk about in my book i don't know if you've read my book yeah i have yeah so After review yeah, like one of the part. Th- thank you. Um, one of the parts that I talk about in there is like, you know, when a woman says something to you like, I love you, Zach, then you have to then you have to in your head add what to it? For now, right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever a woman says that she'll that she has a feeling right now, then you add to it in your head right now, because a woman always reserves the reserves a right to change your mind at any given time. So when you mm-hmm. understand female nature, it'll help you. I'm not saying it's going to solve the one-itis. I'm not saying that you're never going to like have your heart broken or be or have an unhealthy attachment to a chick in the future. It's probably mm-hmm. going to happen. Even if you are red-pilled and you understand you've unplugged from all the bullshit knots sort of stuff, it's probably going to happen at some point. I mean, you know, you catch the feelings for her, You know, you catch the fifis. And, you know, she does all the cool stuff that you like. I mean, you know, it works out for a while and then it doesn't work out for, for a while. And then you're right. left hanging. And... Women have always had an easier time at moving from guy to guy. They're expert mate switchers. There's there's studies. I don't I don't have it here in the corner of my desk anymore. But there's studies that research facilities have done where you know women are are very very adapt to mate switching. You know the whole war bride notion that I that I also talked about in the book too. Right. You know right. war brides have been studied for a long time. Um, it's a common phenomenon. But men men don't have that capability. We're not evolved to deal with that as well as women are so long and short of it is it's going to happen you're going to have to suck it up okay right Thank you. i mean i can try to unplug the hell out of you and red pill you till the you know sun goes down and comes up tomorrow but at the end of it all you know if you don't you know if you haven't gone through the reps if you haven't gone through the chaos if you haven't dealt with it if you haven't, if you haven't seen you know female nature for what it truly is once twice three times mm-hmm. you know then you're gonna have a hard time dealing with it right so yeah. it's just a matter of time. How old are you right now? 21. All right. I'll let you get back to work, but I'll keep talking. I mean, like you can watch the rest of it, but it, it, it's it's just one of those things that you have to adjust to. Okay. All right, well, man. Thank you for your time. Appreciate All right, it. Yeah, it's like there's no there's no quick and easy, you know, solution, guys. It's, it's just like, you know, women are going to betray you. It's, you know, it's a fact of life. You know, it's it's just going to happen. You're going to be shocked to realize that she's not sugar and spice and all things nice. And just because you say, I love you, that she's always going to love you and that she's always going to be loyal to you. Um, so you will be betrayed. And that's just part of being a man. Some guys it happens to more often than other guys. You know, other guys, you know, for the, you know, for the rare ones, it doesn't happen to that much at all. So it is what it is. I mean, understanding female nature is one thing, but understanding it and kind of setting aside feelings is um, a different thing altogether. But when it happens to you a few times and you understand it and you get used to it, you move through it a lot faster and it's less of a problem for you. So if that makes sense, let me get the super here. Corey or Carrie says, 
have Eastern EU fiance, Eastern Europe. So I'm guessing like Slovakia, like, you know, that part, maybe like Ukraine or something like that. Amazing people, but when around other high value couples or men in public, I notice the fiance seems to vibe differently. She postures a bit more and doesn't seem present. She seems more in her head, insight. That, my friend, is hypergamy. Uh, you put a, uh, like, Eastern European women are beautiful. Um, they are they are women on hard mode, if I'm being honest. I had a thing in my 20s for Eastern European women. Um, and, uh, I mean, how can I put it? <laughs> um, beautiful, uh, fun, but they are hypergamy turbocharged. I'll put it that way. Um, if you're not on your game, if you're not competent, they have very little wiggle room for mistakes. They don't have a lot of tolerance for bullshit. Um, very, very hardcore people. I think it's probably from like, um, decades of socialism and communism. Um, I remember there was a guy that was once telling me that they're a very sad people was what he said, something along that lines. Um, and not to say that they're like unhappy or sad, but it's just like, if, if something better comes up or looks good, you know, in contrast, then they're always kind of like weighing out that option. Right. Um, so that's probably what's happening in your situation, Carrie, but you know, like it is what it is. Uh, it's, you know, it's a whole chase excellence sort of thing. And by the way, I, I I've heard some people take my chase excellence, not women out of context. Let me spend a second on that. When I say chase excellence, not women, I'm not just saying go make a lot of money and be successful and just ignore unplugging and the red pill. Hi, I wrote the fucking book on it. Okay, dude. I mean, it's, it's always hilarious to me when people try to use my concepts and then they flip them around and they try to make you look like a douche. But the fact of the matter is, is chasing excellence means chasing excellence in all areas of your life. Being physically masculine, having strong frame, understanding how to game women, being competent, being captivating, meaning you're not boring, knowing how to make it rain and know how to make money. That's what chase excellence means. It just doesn't mean go get a you know degree and go work somewhere, and make a lot of money, and just ignore all those things, and you know hope that women are just gonna like chase you down. It doesn't work that way. There's a whole like there's many pieces to that puzzle. I'm surprised I have to clarify so many things, but it is what it is. Um, all right, let's see what uh, we got. Alan in the house and Ryan and Pete. So guys, if you have a question, hit the uh, Q and A link up at the top, and. Um, We'll hop on and chop it up. What's up, Alan? Yeah, what's going on? What's how you doing, brother? Um, I don't know what's up with your mic, dude. It's popping. It's popping. That's not good. Can you yeah, hear me? I yeah, I don't know if you want to turn down the gain or something like that, but it sounds like it's popping. Let's turn down. How did it sound now? A you little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah, but now you're low. Okay. Anyway, try that. We'll we'll uh, ch uh, try to work with it. What do you got for me, bro? Yeah, man. So um, I just got a possible solution. In regards to um, you know this whole situation with marriage, right? And um, I say this uh, solution is going to be tough for most men. But the way I see it for marriage is it's more of an emotional thing instead of a logical thing, right? And uh, you know you can go through all the reasons why. I mean, like you go through the book as well, uh, the Unplugged Alpha is a great book, by the way. Um, but if you kind of think about like if men get into a marriage with women and they get to a point where they're going to become divorced, then because you have the state involved, then the men are going to be more at a disadvantage, right? So, I got a, 
I got to stop you for a sec, Alan, because your because yep. your mic's not good, and people in the um, live chat are commenting on it. Can I get you to get like right to the point so I can sort of feedback on it? Yeah, no problem. So I would say that the solution should be for men to not get married, right? I know that sounds crazy, mm. but I mean, if men going to continue to line themselves up to go into the slaughterhouse, then this whole cycle is going to continue, right? Gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. Yeah, and the idea simply is that if men can understand, and they don't have to, like, why do men have to go through the process of, you know, a bad divorce and a bad relationship? Yeah, we're on the same page. Um, I'm just going to stop you and pull you up because the microphone's, like, sounding awful. So let me just pull you out. I know you're in the waiting area so that you can listen, but I'll just I'll just comment on that. That's, that's basically what I concluded in my book. And there's a chapter in my book on why smart men don't marry for that reason. I'm not saying don't have kids. I'm not saying don't involve yourself with a, a woman. What I'm saying is don't live in such a way that you expose yourself unnecessarily to the state imposing its beliefs and will on you and what happens to your wealth. Some guys don't care. Some guys will just say, you know what? It's my religion. It's my culture. My family wants it. I understand everything that you're saying, Rich, and I agree. I am going to march into the slaughterhouse with my eyes wide open and I know what I'm getting into. And I'm okay with giving up half my shit. I've, I've had guys, you know, like on calls that are seven, eight figure dudes. Like if, if you're worth 40, $50 million and you have to give away 25 of that, you still got $25 million. You're easily turning what you've got plus whatever you've got going on in your business. And you'll be fine 10, 12 years, 15 years down the road. You'll be just fine. You'll be wealthier than what you were when you started. There's absolutely no question about it. But for the average guy out there, you know, the salary guy that went to university has a piece of paper on the way on the wall framed in mahogany with little letters after his name. And he's an engineer, a scientist, he's a doctor, he's a lawyer, you know, he's making decent money. And he's probably got some student loan debt. It's, um, it's not a wise path. If you know, if we can just put it that way, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, get my book, if you haven't read it and dive into the chapter on red flags or sorry, not the red flags on uh, marriage so that you get your head wrapped around the uh, said slaughterhouse that you walk into. Um, let's see here. Uh, Sam says, what are your thoughts on a bachelor tax? So let's just assume that there is a bachelor tax in parliament being discussed into legislation, what would they tax you for? You know, they would charge you more money for not getting married. Like I'm already at the top of the income scale. I'm already paying the top tax rate. I already pay taxes on fuel that I drive in my fast cars. I already pay taxes on everything else out there. Property taxes, tax on this, tax on that. There's a tax on a tax sometimes. You're paying taxes all the way. So it's like, Look, if you live in a country where you're going to be a bachelor and you don't plan on getting married and the tax rate is atrocious, if you're a, a bachelor, just leave, move, you know, don't stay. Um, go to where you're going to be treated far better. You know, that's it's not it's not that complex in my view anyway. Um, Vinicus says, come to Brazil and marry here. We have three types of marriage. One is total separation of assets. And if you take 50% custody, not difficult. You don't pay child support. It's it's pretty much the same thing here. Um, you don't pay child support if you've got shared custody, if you make about the same amount of money. Now, I don't know what it's like in Brazil, but if, but if, but if one person, let's say the husband makes $200,000 a year and the wife makes $50,000 a year, then there's an equalization payment. 
right, for the uh, custody, even if you are 50-50. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, like, you'd want your kids to be taken care of, I would imagine, just not in such a way where you get raped. And Now, what I mean by that is if it typically costs, I don't know, $750 a month for food, clothing, extracurriculars, but the tax tables say you have to pay $4,000 a month, that's basically a bachelor tax. That's basically a, a form of uh, taxation. And, you know, that's how most places work, unfortunately. You're not going to ch uh, change that. Um, let's see what Brandon's got for us here in the house. He's in the waiting area. All right, brother, what's up? Oh, thanks for having me, man. Um, long time watcher. I'm glad to be here. Um, so basically, my question really doesn't revolve necessarily around the question that you brought up in the, in the discussion tonight, which I do find interesting. But... I recently made a career change into sales after working as an engineer at a college for the last seven, like seven months. In the last two months, I've made like thirty-five, forty thousand in sales, which is nice. like really, really great for me, and I'm excited about that. And I, I moved back to my parents' house just to have that job, kind of in the area that I live. I'm just kind of wondering because once I get to that point where I want to move out of this current area that I'm in, my parents' house, and I kind of wonder, should I be looking to rent out a place and keep stacking up money to maybe uh, invest? Or should I be looking to invest in rental properties in the current market? I, I just don't know a lot of people. Where do you live? Uh, I live uh, outside of Philadelphia. So, so if you're in a hot housing market where people are moving to, where there's immigration, like Texas, for example, that's a good place to you know acquire doors and real estate. Same thing with Florida, right? Like there's people migrating from shit states to better states there's even people migrating from canada to some of the states as well so yeah. i mean if you can find yourself in a scenario where you're in a state where there's mass migration and there's year over year growth like i was talking to a buddy of mine who does um real estate in uh, texas he has a book actually on amazon on the subject today and he said that the uh, growth is 20 percent year over year right like that's huge that's insane. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're in a market like that, then I would say, yeah, definitely, you know, get some doors and start renting them out. And, um, you know, you're making the money, you know, set yourself up. Just make sure you don't lose it to a chick because you make a bad decision later on down the road, a few years down the road because she touches your pee-pee and she smells nice, right? Uh, that's, uh, no, definitely not making those mistakes. Um, I haven't uh, had the misfortune of having that happen before and definitely uh, willing to learn from other mistakes and not uh, give away my money for um, yeah. But yeah, I guess that's kind of my question: just how to leverage money effectively. Just a lot of my age are in that slave mindset of just get a job and, and keep grinding. And how old are really, you? Uh, Twenty-three. Yeah, get out of your parents' house. Yeah, I, I don't want to be here. I, I plan to leave at August, the latest, maybe even sooner. Yeah, um, do it. Do just, it. Just yeah. Best best thing you'll ever do in your early twenties is get your own place, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Do it. All right. Appreciate it, man. See you, man. Yeah, as long as you have money and you can take care of yourself. And you know what? Like, even if you can't, get a roommate. Like, honestly, like, you know, have a cool friend move in. Have an awesome roommate. You know, just get your own place. Like, you know, like, there's there's very few cases where I would, you know, suggest staying with your parents when you're a young man, right? Um, Greg, let me grab your super chat here. Question regarding how to unnumb yourself and be optimistic to someone who is truly a good partner. Ideally, super chat will be easier for me to explain. So you're in the uh, the house. What's up, Yasu Tikanis? Yeah, hey. So, um, so I've I'm, you know I've been married, divorced. I've uh, dated around, you know, dated younger girls. Uh, the stressful red flags that kind of go with it, and 
more recently I'm dating, I'm 36. I'm dating, you know, a nice girl closer to my age, um, stable, mentally connected, but it doesn't necessarily have the same thrills, I guess, that kind of come, you know, that have come with my prior relationships with the younger ones. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm trying, you know, at my age, who's been around the block in some aspects or another, what's to be expected of myself in the mental state, you know, of not having the thrills of dating a 26 year old, right. And more of the consistency of dating somebody older, more mature and more stable with no, uh, the girl I've been seeing recently is she's 34. So she's sorry. How old you say you were again, Greg? 36. Okay. And, and I'm at a point in my life where I'm looking for stability. I mean, I'm looking, you know. What do you mean by stability? Like, what do you, like, you know, uh, you I'm not that? looking for the weekend drama, you know, the girlfriends, the club scene, you know, a nice, uh, nice companion to travel with. I'm not pressed to get married or have kids anytime soon, but, mm -hmm. you know, a piece, just peace. Just how long, how long have you been dating this one? Uh, four months now. Okay. And she got any kids? No, no kids. And uh, she was engaged, um, broke it off back in October, moved home to her parents' house. Um, so at some point, she's going to be looking to buy her own place or, you know, push the ball a little quicker into to moving into my home, which I'm ah, reluctant. Has she, has she talked about children to you? She has. Yeah, it's definitely something that she she's not hard pressed to do it. You know, she understands ideally the date a year or so or more before yeah. that is, you know, she's she's honestly she's uh, very understanding. Well, she's accommodating right now. Right. She's understanding right now. But that might change. Right. I mean, like the thing at 34 is she's getting close to the end of her, you know, fertility years. Yeah. Right. And you don't want to be an old father. Like you don't want to be having a kid when you're in your forties, your fifties, because you're going to have no energy to deal with it. Right. I mean, you're basically going to need a young chick to do all the child rearing. And you're just going to be like the 20 minute dad that rolls around on the floor and plays with him. You know, when he's three, when he's like, play with me, play with me, daddy, play with me. And you're like out of gas in like 25 minutes. Yeah. Okay. I know what that's like. Cause I just visited my brother over the weekend and I got two nephews and I'm playing with one of them. And it's like, after 25 minutes, I'm like, dude, I'm done. <laughs> I've got nieces and nephews, man. I know, I know All exactly right? where you're coming so, from. So, I mean, like, you're dealing with a chick that's, like, pretty much at the end of a reproductive cycle. And, you know, she's going to be wondering, like, okay, you know, if I'm going to have kids, we got to do it now. And you're 36. You're about the same age that I was when I had my kid. Um, so, you know, your notion of, like, traveling around and having a companion. Dude, if I'm being honest, a, a younger chick would be better for that. Or a dog would be better for that, honestly. But... Like at some point, the gray hair I've gotten over the years has been from the younger girls. Why do they stress you out? Um, just it's just a different. You work, you know, you date them along the way. You you know they start to mature. Uh, you know, it's like a double edged sword. You're out having fun with them one weekend, and then Monday through Friday, you're trying to focus on work while they still want to go out and have fun. There, dude. There's lots of younger women that don't want to go out partying. I live in South Florida. I mean, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. It's, it's just, you're not finding any there. Uh, it's just there's a very big difference between the way the 26 to 28 year. You know, are these the like the same kind of like ratchet hoes you see on like Fresh and Fit, where they're like fives that think that they're nines? 
Yeah, I mean, there's tons of good-looking girls here, but whether you're 20, you know, the girls here are 24 all the way until they're 31, 32, you know? Here, here's what I would say. It's, okay, yeah, they're going to stress you out if you let them, right? If you have strong frame and you're just like, no, I don't deal with that. No, I'm not doing that. No, I don't deal with that. <laughs> Stop it or the door's over there, you know, like... You're going to have a bunch of them that are going to walk in you because they think they're hot shit, right? And that's your cold diarrhea when you start having these conversations. They're going to push back and they're going to test your frame and all that sort of stuff. You got this older one now that's like, you know, she's kind of burnt out. She's like, you know, partied. She was engaged. That didn't work out. She moved back home. Of course, she's going to be more more compliant right now. I mean, she's going to be a little bit more agreeable than the other ones. But I mean, for what you're looking for, like you're looking for a companion, like you're saying, like you don't want kids. Yeah, right I'm now. looking for a peace of mind. You know, someone that, you know, she look, we live by the beach here. She's she's up for a good Saturday, Sunday out by the. I mean, she's fun to be with on the weekends. It's just I don't have that same enthusiasm hanging out with her as I do the younger ones. But it, at my she's a, like, Greg, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen at, at some point in the next Maybe a few weeks, maybe a couple of months. She's going to be like, look, uh, I was engaged. I want to have kids. All my girlfriends are having kids. My is drying up. I got to do this. You know, like, where are we going? Like, where do we stand sort of thing? And then your whole, oh, she's a compliant, you know, companion goes out the window. And then you're going to be forced to make the choice. Okay, do, well, do I break up with her and go back to a younger chick that's going to be cool with the whole travel companion thing? Or do I fold and marry this chick and start putting babies in her? Well, that's why I got divorced the last time. Four years ago, I got divorced over the want for a kid in that immediate moment, which I said no. Um, and here I am today. Yeah. So. Do you want to have kids? Uh, that's kind of an, I don't, honestly, I don't really know. I, I really. You're not excited about it. Um, no, I like the selfishness that kind of goes with not having kids. You're probably better off dating a younger chick then. And right. and And just putting some solid frame around her, like. Moff's in the chat and he said something about, you know, it's a frame issue. Don't buy it. And, you, you know, when you get these like chicks that push back and they want to party, they want to do this. And it's like, no, I don't do that. You know, if that's what you want to do, then go. Right. I don't do that. Just spin a bunch of plates until you find a younger chick that that gives you what you want. Right. The whole mental point of origin concept is like. I've identified this is what I want to do. This is how I want to live my life. And this is where we're going to go for the next you know, few years. Date, date a bunch of chicks. Wait till one of them's like, Greg, where do we stand? I really, you know, dig your vibe. Let them know where you stand and then make sure that they're, you know, well within your frame and they follow your lead, right? Yeah, I think, you know, to that ask, a lot of it's just uh, differentiate, you know, just not feeling antagonized to go, you know, hang out on a Thursday or a Sunday. Dude, you should join my community. You'd be a good fit. There's a lot of good guys in there around your age that are kind of at the same spot. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, you can do with bros, which yeah. in my opinion is a very good way to do it. I mean, and to uh, the respect, you know, I've, the people on here have mentioned things about real estate. I, you know, I own a bunch of commercial warehouses here in South Florida, mm -hmm. in Fort Lauderdale that were all just opportunities that I came uh, into along the way. And, um, Anyone that, you know, real estate is certainly one of the best things that I could advise somebody to invest their time in. Yeah, well, you're in a great market for it too, right? Yeah, it, it won't slow down down here for a little bit, but I appreciate your time, man. I'm going right, to suck it up. Thanks. All right. Yeah, it's like, you know, 
I've, you know, I found a nice one that's compliant. I just want to get her to travel with me and do fun shit, but not have kids. It's like, look, don't listen to me. Try, but come back, Greg. And like, you know, that six to eight, maybe 10 weeks when she starts like really pressing you. And she's like, look, I've already lost three more eggs in the time that I've been dating you. So where are we going with this? Come back then, you know, we'll chop it up a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, you should, uh, yeah, we have uh, guys in, yeah, Moff's there. So get in the community. So let me grab the banner there. Uh, you can get it over there. Um, there's different tiers. Just just go to the link, you know, below. It, it'll be pinned in the top comment if you're watching the re replay, but check it out so you get your head around it. Um, get it down. All right, let's see what else we got here. We got uh, Kelly in the house. Let's give Kelly a shot here. Kelly, what's up, buddy? What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? Good. What do you got for me tonight? Uh, so I had more of a kind of like the guy before the last. I had a career question, too. Um, okay. I'm kind of at a crossroads. I've been working as an RN for the last three years at this hospital, and I've really liked it, but I've been on night shifts, so... Last week, I texted my manager, told her I was looking at other departments in the hospital for a day shift position, and she had texted back that she didn't really want me to leave and that she'd like me to be the uh, assistant manager. Mm -hmm. I would stay on the same shift. I'd still be on night shift, but I'd be making probably a lot more money than I would be switching to the day shift and restarting over. My end game is probably to be more like a nurse practitioner, a higher healthcare professional. So I didn't mm -hmm. know if maybe I should just, since I'm still young, kind of tough it out on the night shift and make that extra money and get the How manager experience. I'm, I just turned 26. Okay. So you want to be a nurse practitioner? Yes. Do you have the degree for that? I will go back to school for it. So not yet. Can I'd you, have to reapply for school. Can you earn it in this new role? Yes. Okay, so you can earn it. It's like a it's like a working role where you can work towards that degree. Um. Yes. Okay. So what's stopping I, you from taking it? Like, why are you hesitant? Regardless. So what's stopping you? So why are you hesitant? Well, it's a quality of life thing. Like, I wanted to go to day shift because I've been into running. I've been doing many marathons, and you know, I was at a point to where I was like, I'd like to focus on my fitness too a little bit more. And I thought maybe going to day shift would give me a better. Yeah, Mary, you don't have any kids. So what's stopping you from doing your fitness now? Oh, just, uh, you know, just the time constraints, like being on night shift, it's hard to turn back over to days and, you know, well, Let's just be honest about something here, right? Like working night shifts, working shifts into the evening is not how human beings are designed to operate. I know so that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're, I mean, every day, every week, every month, every year that you're working those night shifts, like you're, you're probably taking years off your life and also changing the quality of your life as well. Yep. Right. We're designed to follow a circadian rhythm, fall asleep at a certain time, get up at a certain time, obviously when it's dark and, you know, you get the blue light in your eyes in the morning and all that sort of stuff. Go watch Andrew Huberman's podcast talking about sleep and all that stuff. I love Andrew Huberman. He's good. Look, dude, like in my view, like setting yourself up where you're, you're always working night shifts or, you know, an environment where you're prolonging that and you're, you know, you're torturing your body in a, a sense. Um, I'd say it's not worth it, you know, in the long haul. So... I'm just saying that as an older dude talking to a younger guy. Right. right. 
So, yeah. I mean, if you have other opportunities that, you know, you haven't entertained, what else is out there that you can look at? I mean, if you want to be a nurse practitioner, be a nurse. Pra I got a buddy of mine. He's, he, both him and his wife are nurse practitioners. They make good money. They make really good money. Um, yeah. They have autonomy. They run their own businesses. Um, so I don't know what it's like where you live, but I mean, here it's, it's a pretty solid uh, gig and uh, the flexibility is awesome. Um, he does house calls. Um, but, um, yeah. yeah, just, you know, get yourself to that point. Cause I'll tell you this, man, like time flies. Yep. Right. I'm like, you know, before you know it, you're going to be 40, 45, you're going to be like, we're all time going. It's like it flew. <laughs> right. For sure, man. All right. I appreciate it. I like the book too. Thanks man. I did audible cause I don't really sit around and read, but it's good stuff. Yeah. Me too, man. I just, I, I just listen to books. That's yeah. my gig as well. Thanks brother. Um, guys, yeah, if you've, if you've read the book or you've listened to it, do me a solid and, uh, just go on Amazon and leave a quick review. Just give it the five stars and let other dudes know what value you've got out of it. Cause, um, there's always some, uh, toxic feminists that come in there and drop some nonsense. Of course, uh, got another, there it is. Psychologist, a psychologist with no degree. A friend of mine just found out yesterday that his wife slept with her ex-husband the night before their wedding <laughs> and he's in a mental breakdown now what's your advice to him leave her uh i'm assuming that they just got married so they can probably annul the marriage leave her there's there's absolutely no room for betrayal from a woman absolutely not and it's and it's none of this like you know good for the goose good for the gander stuff men and women are, are different women betray men cheat um the fact that she did that on the wedding night, which by the way, isn't that uncommon guys. I've had, um, I think on the before the train wreck series, there was a uh, male stripper that um, hit me up and we did a show together and he was telling me all the stories of the bachelorette parties that he was at and what went on. Um, it's not what you think. I mean, for the most part, look, I'm sure a good chunk of them are probably fairly innocent and just a bunch of drinks with super, you know, tiaras and ribbons and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of shenanigans that go on in those evenings. And in this case, I don't even know if she had a bachelorette party. He didn't mention here, but uh, obviously she betrayed his trust and that's it. It's over. Uh, get lost, annul the marriage and move on. Um, you don't forgive those things, you know, when it comes to uh, women. It's, it's, it's a full on betrayal. Um, when women go outside of the relationship, it's, it's because they're not serious about you. They don't see you as your, see you as the best option. So the fact that she porked her ex husband tells me that she was probably alpha widowed by that guy and wishes that she was probably still with him. Maybe he left her. I don't know, but, um, it tells me that, she, that she's not long-term type of material. Tell her to get lost, pack her bags. But again, most guys will do nothing. They'll just, oh, okay, well, I guess it was just a mistake then, Barbara. So we'll just let it go, but it can't happen again. That's what most guys will do, right? That's what the plugged in betas do. Uh, hit the like button, says Ryan. And uh, what else we got here? Anthony, got young Anthony here. Anthony looks hey. like a young man. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what up, Rich? How hey, old are you? Are... What's up, man? So... I'm a 15 year old tuning in, but I got a couple 15, questions. So, okay. Hey man, I want to know. Um, I heard on a couple of videos back you were touching on your experiences in martial arts. 
yeah. I think you went into the world of like Krav Maga and whatnot. Yeah. But you know, I'm picking up starting with um a really experienced dude, and he uh, prompted me to go into the world of striking. I just want to know if you had any experience in that. What's your thoughts around it, dude? That's all I do now is just boxing. Yeah, that's what I'm into right now. Look, Krav is good for um, dealing with knife attacks, gun disarms, um, any number of things. Um, they're very fast and effective in swift movements, but it it's going to take you years to get good at it. Like I did probably a year, maybe 10, 10 11 months of uh, Krav, and I enjoyed it. Um, but the thing that I was missing when I was doing it was like, I want to know how to knock somebody the fuck out. For right? sure. So like doing some damage to somebody's body feels a lot better than going through like knife disarms and gun disarms, you know, movements. I'm sure I, I could still, you know, remember them and go through most of them. Um, but I like the exercise. I like the cardio, you know, training. I like the uh, striking exercises. It just feels good. So that's, that's my take on it. But I always tell guys to try out a bunch of stuff and then just do whatever you want, man. You know, right. like if you like rolling, you want to do jujitsu, you like Muay Thai, you like kickboxing, right. just do whatever you like. But one of the things that I think that every guy should at least get into for a bit is, you know, some striking skills. You know, you have to know how to punch. That's a fundamental, man. Um, so for me, uh, in a couple months, I'm starting this internship. Uh, it's big for me because these are the biggest developers in my city. Um, they're actually getting this $80 million office building done. Uh, biggest one, first 12 story in my city. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to know how I can really put myself in a position to extract as much knowledge as possible because uh, these are people who I view as resources. And um, it's, I feel like it's up to me to capitalize off the situation. And these are all extremely knowledgeable and successful people in their own right. Um, and in the world of real estate, something you know, I could definitely have a passion towards, and something I've shown passion uh, towards in the past. Just, just show up. Don't talk that much. Shut up and listen, and ask questions, and be useful. Be useful. That's it. For sure. Like you know, like they're gonna get you to do bitch jobs. Like you know, go make me a sandwich, grab me a coffee, drop this off over here. Be you know whatever, you know, like do them, but lean into any opportunities that, you know, you can find where it's like, look, you know, um, like most, most guys that are successful when they see an ambitious kid, they want to send the elevator back down to bring up the next guy. Right. So do the work, you know, under promise and over deliver in everything that you do. And you're probably not going to get paid much. You know, you're probably not going to get treated very well sometimes, but you're 15, yeah. you know, like you can't expect to, you know, to hop into something and be making bank or for, for to have everybody respect you. Right. Like just, just put in the reps, do the time, you know, exactly, exactly. Like I said, just follow that advice. So I'm, I'm, I'm hundred percent down to do that. I just want to know if you think it changes the dynamic at all, since the number one and the number two at that team are actually close family. Um, They'll, you know. they'll probably be harder on you, though. Yeah. Um, Usually. If they're, if they're good family, then they'll probably be harder on you. They're great. Um, yeah. they're, uh, they're great, for sure. Um, I just want to know uh, a couple things. You know, messing around with the, you know, the female dynamic at my age, I tend to date upwards. Mm -hmm. But I know you mentioned a lot of things about shit tests. And for me, it's absolutely vital that I'm holding my frame because that's not something I'm willing to let up. So I just want to know, you know, what, what these shit tests are about 
and how like you know pillars in my life that I can stand by to hold my friend. How how uh, tall are you, man? I'm six three. And what do you weigh? Uh, about two ten. Okay, so you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, so you got that part taken care of. As far as the shit test, shit tests are just competency tests. I don't want to go there, Anthony. I want to go here. I don't want you to pick me up at seven, or I don't want to meet you at seven. I want to meet you at seven thirty, right? I don't know if you heard the um, ghosting segment, you know, the chick with the uh, graph chart, you know, jotting everything down. Sure. You know, like it has to be her way, sort of thing. It's yeah, yeah. Like, like all that, all that that frame component is, like all that shit test is, is that she's doing, like she's basically following your lead, right? And the easiest way to start with that is just monitor your messaging back and forth, right? Like look at the message thread back and forth that you're dealing with stuff when it comes to frame and shit tests and stuff like that. And ask yourself, am I in her frame or is she in my frame? And it should be obvious to you. I think that, you know, as a masculine figure, I've got to be not only the provider, but the main frame. Um, so uh, apart from that, I, you know, I, I strive to achieve competency. Like physically. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you, Anthony, because your microphone sucks and people are complaining about it in the, yeah, in the my chat. Bad, uh, my bad, bro. This shit's been leaning. Um, but I just no, no, it's still popping. It's still popping. For real? Right, it's bro. still popping. I'm, I'm going to let you go. Guys, make sure you get your, you know, your audio sorted out. I mean, I don't know, check it out with somebody or, or a friend or something like that, but it just makes the show go like shit when you do stuff like that. Um, oh, it looks like I got Glenn in the house. What's up, buddy? I haven't seen you in a while. I know, man. I've been busy working, you know, making movies you got, and stuff. You got um, a beard and everything now. Yeah, letting it grow. Letting it grow. Actually, I'm uh, not. I'm in Kansas right now, flipping this house that we got. Um, cool. So, but here's my question to you. Um, so I was in this debate with this guy named Playing with Fire. Oh my right? god. Yeah. Um, and what I've noticed a lot in this space, I don't even want to call it a manosphere anymore because it seems like just it's just it's not that. It's, I mean, it's the mano swamp now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so my question to you is: Are we in this space? In this space, are we attacking each other more than we are being able to help men? Because I've yeah. noticed a lot of content creators. And I've noticed that you kind of fell off, not necessarily fell off, but you kind of distanced yourself from a lot of people now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot because of that. That's you know, a big part of it, yeah. Um, how do you, how would you navigate collaborating then? You don't. Okay. I don't need to. Yeah. Right? Like there's, like there's no upside to it, dealing with people like that. Yeah. So I just distance myself, like, you know, come, come, ha come hang out with us, do this show, go to this event, do this conference. I'm good. No, I'm, I'm good on my own. Thank you very much for asking. Nice to talk to you, but I'm fine. Thank you. Now, That's here's it. another question. Here's a light, light, lighter question. Um, so who won that boxing match between you and Paul? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Paul is a, he is a formidable uh um combatant for sure i mean if he has a weapon or a knife he will fuck you up big time did you um, have the reach i had the reach he doesn't have the reach i got a few shots in he got a few shots in uh i would call it a draw i'm sure he would probably agree that it was probably a uh a draw yeah because when i had met, met up with him at uh, mld's thing in san diego i was like i was 
kind of expect him to be a little taller. <laughs> yeah, he's, but he's a good guy. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I like Paul. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, just so you know that I, I, I think I sent you the script that I um, worked on for a Mind Dates. It's a, it's like a red pill comedy dating app movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly, it's about guys having frames. So I, I will send you the revisions if I haven't sent them to you yet, um, just for you to look over and kind of just take a glance at. Um, I'm trying to bring a lot of the good content creators on there. Um, I've connected with Savo and me and him are working on some things together. Um, Who, who's um, Savo? Kevin Savo. Oh, that's um, Rolo's friend. Yeah. 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 Um, working with him on some, actually his season two of his show. So I'm going to mm-hmm. be working with him on that. But I wanted you to read it over because um, I took a lot of uh, Unplugged Alpha material okay. and the Nine Iron Rules from Rolo. And mm-hmm. kind of like mesh them up in between my own, just kind of my own interpretation of them to kind of put it, put it out there in a so, comedy. So I'll say this. So uh, semi-interested, not really, just because of the Mano Swamp. Um, but if it but if it makes sense for me, then I'll then I'll talk to you. But I just have no time right now to read scripts or anything like that. Like I'm swamped with what I got going on. No worries. No worries. I understand. But, Open to it if you have like a quick, you know, presentation that, you know, you can hit me up. We'll talk for like five, 10 minutes offline and. Yeah. Know, you I'll send, you, I'll send you a trailer when I have it all like packaged okay. together. So I'll say I'll have a, a pitch deck for you. Okay, man. All right. Thank you. All right. See you, brother. Bye. All right. Um, bum, bum, bum. Oh, we got Jenna back in the house. We haven't talked to her in a few months. Jenna, how you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. Um, so I have a bit of an interesting question. All right, uh, what's on your mind? <laughs> so this one might be a little contentious, but I really want your opinion on this. All right. Um, so I've been, I've been putting together, like I've been ca- talking with some of my girlfriends. Oh, some of them are older; they're in their forties. Some of them are younger, so they're in their like mid twenties. And what I'm noticing is more and more, um, they're just turning away from even getting into relationships. They're not interested in dating. They're not even interested. Some of them are actually not even interested in men anymore. So they're kind of going the other way. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them are just kind of going, you know what? I just, I can't be bothered with this. I just want to travel and I'll get a dog. Mm -hmm. So, and then when I started looking at some of the content that was online, I started kind of noticing that the conversations were more, not that you do it, but more about either bashing women or, Mm or uh, criticizing women or talking about how fat women are, which I do believe is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't a lot of talk about romance. There wasn't a lot of talk about how to be an interesting person, how to be sexually seductive to a woman, how to be appealing to a woman, how to, mm-hmm. how to actually have relationships. And when I tried talking to a guy friend of mine who said he wanted to, he wanted to get better at having relationships with women. And I tried to give him some pointers mm-hmm. said, men don't need advice from women about women so so what my question is if if men don't need advice from women about how to deal with women and what women like and what actually turns women on and they can only get that advice from men and women can only get advice on men from other men because advice from other women is not valid where exactly are women in the conversation when it comes to heterosexual relationships between men and women (laughs) <laughs> you've said a lot of things and you've asked quite a, quite a few questions in that, in that statement. <laughs> <clears throat> I, 
Look, um, so let's start with this. So why are your friends not wanting to date guys? You said they're somewhere in their 20s and early 30s. Some as go as late as into their mid 40s. And they're okay. all with the exception of one or two that are kind of the blue haired, you know, yeah. fat, you know, whatever people. Um, they are smoke shows because we all kind of have the same lifestyle, Pilates, exercising, boxing. Mm. We're all very, we're very much, we like our looks, right? So are they career women or like well, boss girls? They're not really boss girls. They, they're boss. Here's the thing. They're boss girls because they have to be. They're boss girls because the men aren't stepping up to the challenge. So for example. Um, See, okay. So let me just stop you for a sec. So you're saying men aren't stepping up to the challenge in one breath, but in a prior breath, you're also saying that. Um, you know, these guys aren't romantic or they don't know how to, you know, like romance women, you know, sort of thing. And it's like, you know, I have a problem with that because guys that subscribe to like the soulmate myth and like the whole Lance romance stuff, like I'll tell you, like when I went out on my first uh, date with my first girlfriend, I can't remember if somebody told me this or I saw it in some stupid magazine that somebody handed me, but it was like, at the start of the date, you got to give her this color flower. And at the end of the date, you got to give her no. this flower. And it means this, that, and the other thing. And we've all tried that stuff. Well, not we've all, but I'm just kind of, you know, speaking for myself, but the guys that are in my tribe, the guys that get it, the guys that have like plentiful access and are the mate selectors when it comes to dating, they get it and they know that stuff doesn't work. And they know that the stuff that I talk about does work. And it's not like we're not like we're ice cold or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, if you were to ask my chick, she would say none of those things. But it's it's just having a solid leadership frame. And the problem that a lot of women have today, these women that are like, you know, they have to be boss girls in their career to do what they're doing and they don't want to deal with men is that they're not able or willing to enter a man's frame and comply. That, right? um, may I just, uh, I, I do disagree with that. Um, we all kind of have very traditional values. And when I say we, we all just kind of work because we have to, it's just because, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're girls. We like certain kinds of shoes. We like eating at certain restaurants. So you have Got to yeah. work to maintain that. Mm -hmm. um, just a personal standard. Um, what we're finding is a lot of the guys, like even when you go on dates with these guys, and a lot of the guys are coming from the internet, they mm -hmm. can't form sentences. They can't have basic conversation. A lot of them don't read. A lot of them have no interest, no hobbies, don't go to the gym. If they do go to the gym, that's right. literally all they do. So and why are they going out with them then? Well, it's They're basically the going out with losers. Well, that's the thing. Like, it gets to the point where um, you don't really realize that you, these people are like that until you kind of go on the first date or even after the first conversation, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, there might be something here. But what we're, what is happening more and more is that there seems to be this kind of contentiousness when it comes to pleasing and satisfying the other person. As, and I'm seeing it more on the men's side. Men seem to think that every single woman is out to get them. If you're pretty, then you obviously don't have any money. You are trying to take advantage of him, so you don't have anything of your own. What, what uh, city do you and your friends live in? Uh, we're in your city. Oh, Toronto. Well, Toronto's a big-ass city, and there's a lot of weird-ass people in there, I'll be honest with you. You know, I did a lot of dating down there. <laughs> um, look, the, like... 
here's what I'm seeing a lot of, right? You know, mm -hmm. from the guy's perspective. And Moff just hit on it in the chat. You can blame feminism for pretty much all of that. Is that women have been told to go and chase the degree. They don't need no man. Go and, go and work. And then they hear all these songs about being a hashtag boss girl and bad bitch and all that kind of stuff. And like, let's be honest, Jenna, like, you know, you get together with them and they're like, yeah, I want bad bitch and all that sort of thing. And it's like, we don't need no man. So it's like, okay, well, when you start from that position, then like even I, with the game that I have dealing with a, a chick like that on a date, if I were to tell her, you know, something like, I don't know, like I'll meet you at eight o'clock at this place. And she's like, oh, well, that's too far. Or I'm not going to go there. Or why not on this night? And then she starts giving me a hard time. I have zero patience for any of that. It's like, no, that's that's what we've uh, that's what we're doing, and you're going to be there. And when you show up, you're going to wear that black dress I told you to from that picture, right? And I want you to wiggle a little bit when you walk in, too, right? So you kind of play with them a little bit, you know, you kind of tease them a little bit, but you make sure that they're following your lead. And what you'll find with a lot of these women or guys find, you know, guys like me anyway, mm -hmm. is they'll find that they don't want to comply. You know, they. They want a strong masculine dude. And you called in months ago and we were talking about Yellowstone, like the Casey's and the Rips, right? Like yeah. like you and your girlfriends probably watch a show and you probably drool over Casey and Rip, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so when a guy like Rip shows up and it's like, this is what we're doing and blah, 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 it's going to happen on this date and we're going to do it on this and it's like da, 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 da sort of thing. They don't even want to comply with that. So they say that they want that, but they won't work with it. That right? I do, I do disagree because I have nah. actually dated, I have actually dated men like Rip. The only reason that the relationship didn't work out is just because of distance. We ended up moving apart. But men like that, when you are, I see the women that you're talking about, Jenna. Though, like I, like I've dated them. I, I see them when I go out, and and these chicks are like, you know, they think that they're the bomb. They're 30s 40s whatever they work out they do yoga pilates exactly like you know you described right and they're jacked they got shoulders and abs and all this sort of stuff but do they know how to cook do they know how to like please a guy do they know how to be pleasant and yes. agreeable yes this is it this isn't just about in all in all honesty. then the problem is is that they're they're picking losers is what it boils down to okay i mean if they're hanging out with guys that don't know how to conversation or haven't read a book and like 10 years or something like that, then they're picking losers, right? Like don't date losers. You know, it's as simple as that. Oh, I, well, I want to date the good looking guy then, but you know, he's going to cheat on me. Oh, well, what are you going to do? You know, a guy with options might happen to have a couple of plates spinning right now too. And then are you guys okay with the women having options as well? Absolutely not. Okay. It, what's, what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. If, if she's going to date me, and then she's like, hey, Rich, where do we stand? I really dig your vibe, blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. Cool. But we're not going to poison the well. You need to be exclusive. Hmm. Whether I choose to be exclusive to her or not is entirely up to me at that time. Monogamy is a choice for men. Mm -hmm. And it cannot be enforced on them. Right? So in some cases, some of these you know, bad bitches that are all like, oh, you can't just find a guy and I'm just going to switch over to the side and deal with girls or get a dog or whatever, you know, like that's their solution. Then look... Guys that are that are that are high value, that are top shelf, that are willing to be monogamous, that 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 choose it, you know, with a good girl, you better treat him like a god. I'm telling you right now, because guys like that are rare. That's it's oh my gosh. I, I honestly wish that I could have this conversation a little longer. I know I have to go, but 
it's the rea the reality that I'm I'll, seeing I'll, is very very different. Okay, I'll tell you what. Send me an email and let's set up a unplugged alpha show where you and your girlfriends hop on with me. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you guys that time. All right. I wonder if Bethany would be up for that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Great. Let's do it. All right. Thanks okay. a lot. Talk Bye. to you. Bye. All right. And um, Moff and um, Jaren are on after the show. So if you guys want to hop on with them, you can come on to stereo. Uh, do, do, do. Yeah. Like, listen, I, I get this from, <laughs> where is it? I just triggered the whole internet. Yeah. You know, I get this from, you know, women all the time, like, oh, it's this and that, da, da, da. It's like, all right, look, let's, let's get on a longer form call and let's dive right into all of it. Right. But for now, we're going to wrap up. We've done the 90 minutes. We got Moff on stereo with Jaron. So just uh, download the app. You can hop on with him. Uh, apologies to the guys in the waiting area. But um, again, if you have a question live, uh, get in the show early, guys, and um, make sure you got your notifications on so that you don't miss the opportunity to hop in, in the Q&A. Um, you can always do a private consult with me. I know my rate isn't uh, bargain basement, but that's the area that I deal in. So if you want to do a, a free sesh, hop on one of the live shows, come in early, or you can book me privately. The link will be uh, pinned below. Um, what do we got going on this week? Got a few things to release. I'm going to probably do a uh, solo show on playing a win on Thursday. But um, yeah, follow up with Moff and Jaron, and I hope you guys have an awesome night. So it's going to 